Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is Can't Trust Anyone, a true crime podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Saley. I'm Darian. Hey, how are you? <sighs> I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I don't Every single time, like clockwork, every single episode, I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> You're always like, <sighs> girl. Life is you know what? Um, you let get New Year's resolution positivity because I was about to say I'm here, girl. <laughs> <laughs> the usual, the usual, right? The usual. I'm here. Oh, my that's gosh. it. You crack me up. I can't. It's just uh, it's been a really rainy, gray day. Um, yes. it definitely has sucked the motivation out of me today. I think that, yes. I think that's what it is. But you know, it's it's still kind of early ish. Um. I'm going to just, you know, stay positive. Like you said, stay positive. Yes. That's all we got to do. So I'm excited for you. Question of the day. I'm ready. Yes. Okay. Question of the day. So you have the opportunity to hang out with one person for just one day. Who is it? They can be alive. They can be dead. You can only hang out with them for one day. Hmm. Who would it be? Who would I hang out with? Um, okay, don't. I guess don't hate me for this. Um, I I really honestly want to hang out with Cardi B. Uh, <laughs> why? I just, I feel like if I have the opportunity to hang out with somebody for one day, like I want to experience a completely different life than how I live now. And I feel like hanging out with her for that one day will do that because it seems like she lives very lavishly. um, And she just seems really (laughs) like funny. And like whenever I see her interviews, like she's constantly cracks me up. She just seems so funny and hilarious and laid back, but she seems very genuine and down to earth. Like it doesn't seem like the money has changed her, you know, Mm -hmm. but I want to be able to just live a different life for one day. That would be really nice. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Who would your person be? My person would be Amy Winehouse. Oh, okay. Why? Yes. Um, first off, love her music, okay. grew up on her music. Um, second, I think that she maybe okay, maybe this is like lack of keeping up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we don't know her story. And I feel like we have only seen, you know, the negative things for the most part and it's like I think if we were to hang out I really I really would want it to be like a little therapy session somewhat and be like tell me what the world doesn't know Hmm. okay and I would want to deep dive because I feel like you know amazing talent um I mean apparent apparently she was a she was a really good person because there wasn't too many, you know, negative things said about her. It was yeah. just, you know, the addiction and all that stuff. But um, 
yeah I really would just want to be like Amy you know tell me what the world doesn't know so that I can know what path you went down and why you know like what happened yeah no that's a really good one um I feel like when it comes to all celebrity deaths in general like we just I feel like so much is hidden and we don't fully know like what they were going through and it it would be curious yeah like I I know a little bit of her music I don't know as much as you probably know but enough to know and like you said the things that they said and you know were told about her so yeah that's a good one that's interesting yes yes miss car miss cardi b i feel like i wouldn't be able to keep up with her i feel like she's she's wild it does <laughs> it it would be quite a day um it definitely would be quite a day but i feel like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I feel, but i feel like with both of us being dominican like i feel like we already kind of have that in common like i really think we could hit it off yes so yes. i don't know she seemed like i said i just I just want to be able to spend a day with somebody where I could just let my hair down, have fun, not worry about anything, and just live life, honestly. Period. Period. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to jump into um, the case I have. I'm just going to give you a little bit of a top line, the usual, and then we're going to jump into it. Okay. So the case I have for you today is about the volatile relationship between three people and how it ended in disaster. Mm, sounds like oh, never mind. I was about, I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 ma'am. Do not leave me on the cliffhanger. What were you gonna say? Um, it sounds, you know, it, is it giving Christian Blueface and um Jada Jaden? <laughs> whatever you, that girl's name is baby mom I know exactly who you're talking about no I, I thought you were gonna say it's giving like a thruple I thought that's what you were gonna say yes it, it's giving thruple it's giving yes okay yes. so it's not quite like that but we'll see okay. we'll see okay so are you ready buckle in yes Okay, so I'm going to start first by introducing the three main characters in this case. Um, I just kind of, I'm just going to give you a super quick, brief little backstory on all three of them, as these are the three names that will come up often. So the first one is Lisa, and her name is Lisa Dawn Fullerat. She was born in Hylia, Florida on September 3rd, 1965, to Cynthia Haler and Johnny Naw. She studied in the Hylia High School, and she got a bachelor's degree from Florida Southern College. In 1990s, she met her husband, Vincent Fullerat, with whom she had two children, Michael and Amanda. So that's Lisa. Next is her husband, Vincent, as I mentioned. Vincent, also known as Vince, was born November 3rd, 1963, and he was an electronic security consultant. Unfortunately, there is literally nothing that I could find about his background. Um, I, I don't think he was really like on social media, like 
the only thing that I could literally find is his father's name, Vincent Fullerat Sr., and the mother's name is unknown. So very little is known about his life. So that's Lisa, her husband, Vince. And then third character here is Samara. Her name is Samara Rutenberg. She was born on December 27th, 1977 in Harley, Illinois. Uh, She actually received magna cum laude in 2010 at Nova University. She started to work in 2001 as a math teacher And soon after working in the Florida Department of Education, she got a job as assistant principal at Lake Gibson Middle School in Lakeland, Florida. Okay. All right. So brief little recap, just to make sure we're on the same page. The three characters we have here are Lisa, Lisa's husband, Vince, and Samara. Mm. Okay. Are you caught up so far? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. So, as I mentioned, Samara was the assistant principal at Lake Gibson Middle School. And this is where Samara and Lisa met. Samara was the assistant principal, and Lisa was a math teacher at that school. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. So, that's how they met. So, they even though they were pretty, you know, on pretty different levels, one was just a teacher, the other was an assistant principal, they started to become friends because they both had such a strong loyalty and determination to the students and Mm -hmm. anything they could do to improve the school's curriculum. Oh, that's so nice. I'm going to say right now, shout out to all the teachers out there. They do not get enough credit. Period. Can we put that on a billboard? Teachers get paid dirt, sometimes mud, if they're really nice grass, and they deal with these kids who, okay, I'm not, okay, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just, I am so passionate about teachers. I am, I did not know you were such a huge advocate for this. I am the, because, they they are the reason behind your knowledge honestly I was I okay I'm not gonna get us like too off track here but no I did see like um a video the other day where like it was just like a whole lot of parents just kind of putting in their opinions and a lot of them were basically saying that nowadays they don't teach their kids that much at home because they expect their kids to learn everything at school yes like I'm telling this the weight of stuff that is put on teachers' shoulders, and then, like you said, the fact that they get paid dirt cheap, and a lot of the times they have to get money out of their own pockets to pay for the resources for the classrooms. <sighs> I mean, it's a lot. I don't. We can go. We can make a separate podcast for for advocating for teachers. Um, but. Yeah, honestly, that's how Lisa and Samara, they just started getting really close because they just wanted to do everything they could to make, you know, the school a better place for the students. Excellent. Love it. So, you know, as their their friendship bonded over just like school stuff, but then eventually they started hanging out outside of the school, getting to know each other a little bit more personally. And Lisa learned that Samara was single 
And the reason she moved to Lake Gibson, Florida, is because her sister Jennifer had a son. So she moved to be a little bit closer to them. Okay. Yeah. So then Lisa starts telling Samara about her life. And, you know, she talks about her husband, Vince. And she explains her kids are all grown up. Um, At this point, they've been married 28 years and they're empty nesters. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Samara actually kind of like jokingly says to Lisa at one point, she's like, yeah, like I have someone at home that's always happy to see me. And Lisa was like, wait, like, didn't you just say like you didn't have anyone? And she was like, it's it's my dog, Siva. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. So after hearing this, Lisa kind of like, you know, very sadly sighs. And she's like, I wish I had someone who was always happy to see me when I come home. Oh, you know, mind you, Lisa has a whole husband at the house. I know, girl. Um, so you know, Samara picks up on her sadness, and Lisa ultimately explains that she just doesn't have a happy marriage with Vince. Mm. So it's around that time that you know she just really starts truly opening up to Samara about the issues in her marriage with Vince. So This was something that Lisa's mother, Cynthia, said. She says, quote, my daughter did not have a marriage. There was just nothing there. Jeez. For the the mother to say that, like, that's how you kind of know, you know, for like an external person to say that about their relationship. I mean, that's rock. (laughs) That's rock bottom if parents are saying that kind of stuff okay right so uh cynthia lisa's mother she would explain that vince was a very depressed person he was never happy in cynthia's words she says as long as i've known that man i bet you i didn't see him laugh not even 10 times um did she marry jason (laughs) or freddie just so just depressed literally in her own words depressed I don't even know what to say to that I've never heard I've never heard of that I know I I think like I said I think it's just shocking to me that it was the you know his mother-in-law like Lisa's mother Cynthia that was saying all this so that's why I'm like the fact that outsiders know what's going on in the relationship and it's this bad like that's pretty telling to me I I think that she married a brick wall yeah honestly he seems like he was pretty dry so at this point Vince wasn't working actually he was unemployed so (laughs) Lisa the math teacher like she was the only one working um And, like, Vince wasn't really wanting to work either. He was, as Lisa and her mother Cynthia would say, he would always just spend entire days at a time just in front of a computer, just playing games or just looking up random stuff. But he he wasn't working. Next. (laughs) Moving on, right? Moving on. 
So poor Lisa, she was very lonely and she started turning to Samara more and more. Their friendship started becoming a lot closer, spending more time together. And I guess, you know, Lisa spending time with Samara, who was maybe showing her like a more positive way of life. She, Lisa started to alter how she saw her marriage. I think it was kind of maybe helping her open her eyes a little bit and maybe make her realize like, you know, I'm a good person. I don't have to deal with this. Right. Mm -hmm. So Cynthia, Lisa's mother, um, actually recalled several instances where like it to the point where Vince was just being straight up disrespectful to Lisa in front of Lisa's mom. He, like, there were times when Cynthia would be over at Lisa's house, you know, just spending time with her daughter. And, like, Vince would come home from being out, doing who knows what. And, you know, he would be like, is dinner made? And Lisa would <laughs> Lisa would say no. And he would be like, you're useless. Like, wow. right in front of her mom. And he would just go on and on constantly saying stuff like, women are crap, women are junk, etc." next so you know just a stand-up kind of guy right yes 10 out of 10 would not recommend (laughs) (laughs) so it was yeah it was just reported by you know close family members that Vince was just very disconnected he was not emotionally supportive at all Mm. just not not a good marriage just not a good marriage So finally, um, I guess Lisa makes the decision and she opens up to her mom that she's leaving Vince. Okay. Yeah. So Cynthia, Lisa's mother, is extremely happy to hear this, as you can imagine. (laughs) Super happy to hear this. (laughs) Because he's got to go. Pronto. As Beyonce said, what, what did she say? Like, all your stuff in the box to the left. To the left, to the left. And I, look, I'm not about to sing on this podcast. Get myself canceled. <laughs> yeah, um, we yeah we, we we might get copyrighted because we're gonna sound just like um <laughs> Queen. So I'm gonna go ahead and say, speak for yourself because I am tone deaf. <laughs> See, okay, okay. Look, try not to get. Look, okay, we are trying to stay on topic, y'all. Okay, is we are trying. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So as I said, Lisa told her mom she's like she decided to leave Vince. She hasn't told Vince this yet. She just made the decision herself. She told her mom Cynthia. And Lisa told Samara, who at this point was becoming her bestie. You know, they were hanging out all the time. And Samara is right there by Lisa's side. You know, she's like, girl, I got you. Whatever you need, I'm here for you. Mm. One day, Lisa, you know, Samara asks her, like, what's going on? Have you told Vince? And she's like, no. She's like, I I just want to make sure I have all my, you know, ducks in a row before I tell him. I'm trying to find an apartment, but everything's too expensive. So Samara tells her, like, that's silly. Save your money. Come live with me. 
Lisa rejects it at first. She's like, no, I couldn't do that. Like, I'm not going to impose on you. But Samara is like, come on, girl. Like, I'm your friend. That's what friends do. Come live with me. I know you're ready to get out of this relationship. I'll do whatever I need to do to help you. Okay. And that's so sweet of her. It is. Just, you know, such a helping hand. So now that Lisa has somewhere to go, she prepares herself to have that difficult conversation with her husband. Mm. So, again, I did try to find a little bit of background on Vince, but I couldn't find much. Um, As I mentioned, he has been unemployed for about two years at this point. Um, I couldn't find anything if he was unemployed because of, like, an injury or maybe he was changing fields. I'm not sure. Either way, he was unemployed. And he had actually borrowed almost $40,000 from his parents to live off of what? while being unemployed. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So that night Lisa comes home and she tells Vince, like, this is it. I'm unhappy. I'm leaving you. Vince kind of, you know, snaps on her and threatens her. And he was like, don't worry you'll be back. You're, you're not going to make it without me. You know, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty amicable breakup. You know, he was, he was pretty upset. He was pretty threatening. He was not happy. He was not happy. Right. So now that, you know, they're officially separated, Lisa leaves Lakeland and heads to Brandon, Florida, which is where Samara lives. So after they move in together, their bond starts to grow even stronger over time. And we're not exactly sure when this happened, but it's reported that by 2015, they actually became romantically involved. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Samara and Lisa were now a couple. Oh. So what are your thoughts on that? I saw it coming from a mile away. Did, did you? It, it was predictable. It was It was kind of predictable. I, I think I would have been surprised if they didn't become a couple. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I will say Samara had a sister. Her name was Jennifer. And Jennifer said that when she found out that Samara had a co-worker, Lisa, move in with her and not only that, but they, you know, were a couple at that point. Jennifer, the sister, was actually pretty surprised because she has always known Samara to be a very private person, especially when it came to her house. Mm. So, you know, she thought it was a little odd, but she figured, like, if Samara opened her door to Lisa, like, Lisa must be a really good person. Right. Exactly. So, you know, this... Them being a couple is still kind of on the low key. Uh, So one day Lisa calls her mom and asks her, can I come over? I want to talk to you about something. That is when Lisa opened up to her mom and tells her about Samara and how she's in love with her. And she was just kind of waiting for her mom's reaction. And her mom was actually very overjoyed. She hugged Lisa and just was going on and on about how happy she was for her. 
Okay. I was like, I love that. I just love it when parents are so nice and accepting. Exactly. You mm-hmm. know, because I, I can imagine as the mother, like your daughter was married to this man for almost 30 years. They had kids together, you know, and now she's in a relationship with a woman to each its own. If it's what makes you happy, it's what makes you happy. I would be open to it. <laughs> Period. <laughs> exactly. So Jennifer, Samara's sister, um, did say that she, like, in her eyes, she thought that Samara and Lisa were soulmates. Um, she oh. said that after she met Lisa and saw how they would interact together, she could tell that they had a very strong connection. That's so nice. Right? So, all this to say, ladies and gents, the your partner may not be your soulmate. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the reality honestly who knows I mean she was literally with this man for almost 30 years and you know later in life down the road she found this woman who she probably never thought she would go for and they turned out happy like I love that for her I love it love it I love love okay (laughs) we love love over here (sighs) yes okay so again as as I said, they were keeping their relationship on the low key because they did not want the school to find out. Mm. Um, because technically, Samara was Lisa's boss. Right. Yeah. Samara was the assistant principal. Lisa was just a math teacher. <laughs> you know, so they weren't sure what would have happened if the news got out. Hey, I mean, nurses and doctors, and I'm gonna leave it at that. That is very true. Actually, that does happen a lot. Yeah, so I, I can get why they would be scared. Because I feel like with a school, especially this was a pretty small school, you know, and it seems like it was a pretty conservative town. Mm. Um, I can imagine that they probably wouldn't have been too happy with that news. Exactly. Mm. So, but, you know, they continue on being together, living together. Um, but unfortunately, there was still... A dark cloud hanging above Lisa and that was the pending divorce mm. with Vince um, he was making it really really difficult because he did not want to get divorced so he was constantly refusing the you know divorce settlements um, Lisa even went out and got an attorney um, but Vince was just being very uncooperative with the whole process okay childish childish just childish (laughs) so he was actually even being kind of weird because around this time Vince started constantly contacting Lisa trying to get her to go out to dinner asking her to come over just to talk things out but at this point Lisa was like no I'm done She's like, I want no parts. We're through. Like, it's over. Great. I, I again, I love this for her. I, I like the fact that she's able to like just stand her ground. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. That's that's all there is to it. So one day, school is ending, and Lisa is walking out to her car, 
And all of a sudden, Vince jumps up in front of her. And he kind of confronts her. And he's all up in her face. And he's like, I know all about you and your girlfriend. And he starts threatening to tell the school district. Oh, wow. Someone's angry. Wow. Wow. He, you know, he then starts quoting text messages between Lisa and Samara, such as you're the best thing to ever happen to me. I never knew it could be like this. That kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier, Vince did have a background in like computer security. So Lisa realizes that he must have hacked her phone somehow. Mm. Or maybe, you know, try to get, you know, some sort of access to her messages. But he was basically, at this point, they were like separated, separated for at least six months. And he was going through her messages. How's that sitting with you? He should have been going through Indeed. He should have been going through job applications. That he's got too much free time on his hands right now. Anyway. I don't like that. I don't like that. So Lisa panics and she was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like he's gonna tell the school district we're screwed, like our secret's gonna come out. So she runs home to tell Samara about the texts and about what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Samara tries to calm Lisa down, telling her, like, it's okay. Like, there's no way he could do that because it would actually be illegal for him to tell the school because of how he obtained the text messages, you know, without permission. Right. So... They, you know, after they kind of calmed themselves down a little bit, they waited to see if he would do anything. You know, they waited a few days, a week, two weeks, but nothing ever happened. Mm. You know, they, so it could be one of those things where he was just trying to scare them. Um, Yeah. mm -hmm. What are you thinking? I mean, that's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like maybe that's all it was. Yeah, I'm just gonna say this to scare her, but okay, then what? Do you think he was doing it as a way of scaring her back to him? Like trying to get her to go back to him? Uh, I feel like if that was the case, it would have been a different conversation. Okay. I feel like if he if he was like, okay, I'm gonna try to get her to come back to me, I think he would have said, you know, something along those lines of trying to come back to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore I really don't think he wanted her to come back to him. I think he was just trying to I don't I don't even know what to call that. I was I was thinking um, maybe he was just trying to sabotage, you know, this, yeah. this relationship she had. And I'm like, dude, you y'all have been separated for like I I don't. Well, I I wish that he would have done that so that he would go to jail. <laughs> he had his chance. He had his chance with her. Unfortunately, he screwed up. 
And at this point, he just needs to walk away and wipe his hands clean. Exactly. Because we don't like that behavior. I think that he should have been an adult and handled that situation should have never even happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he should have just accepted the situation. Like we're not for each other. We're separated and that's it. I don't want anything to do with you and vice versa. Um, I think he handled that very poorly. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. He very immature, very childish, just kind of having like a little temper tantrum. Yeah. What it came across to me. Mm -hmm. So even though, like I said, Samara and Lisa waited some time, but nothing happened. They still became kind of paranoid, you know, because they're like, it could happen at any point. Like what Mm -hmm. if he does stay true to his word? And they were just a little nervous in general. So they started driving everywhere together. Like they were very rarely apart. Like they were just kind of glued at the hip because they were a little scared. Like what if he tries to do something? Mm. So this was an interesting, I guess, instance that occurred one day. So one day Samara arrives to school. And Lisa is already in her classroom having her morning coffee, you know, prepping for the day. Samara seems confused when she sees Lisa in her classroom. And she asks her, how are you already here? And she explains to Lisa that when she left the house that morning, she saw Lisa's car in the driveway when she was heading out. Hmm? You know, so she was like, what the world? Like, I, I literally just saw your car in the driveway when I was backing out of the driveway. How are you already in school? Have your coffee and everything. And yeah, yeah Lisa <laughs> is like, what are you talking about? Like, I've, I've been here for a while, you know? So Samara just kind of shrugs it off. And she was like, okay, you know, she probably didn't see what she thought she had seen. And she probably just assumed she made a mistake. Look, are we about to go into the Twilight Zone? Because <laughs> I don't have time. I don't like it. I That would be really weird to me. Like, I would be so beyond confused. Like, I'm not making this up. Exactly. Like, I like, know what... Right. Like, I literally just saw your car in the driveway. How are you? You know, like, I... I would definitely be like, is there a glitch in the matrix right now? Like what's happening? (laughs) Glitch in the matrix. Uh, Okay. Well, if she shrugged it off, then I I don't know. I I hate that she shrugged it off. She should have been like, no, I know what I saw. I agree. I agree. I guess it's one of those things like in hindsight, I wish she would have thought about it more. Look, y'all need to think about things more. PSA. <laughs> okay, continue. No, you're not wrong, though. I This particular situation, if that would have happened to me, like with my husband, I would have definitely been like, something's wrong. Like, I don't think I would have been able to shrug it off. Because it's like, how are you telling me that I just saw your car in the driveway, but now you're here telling me that you're like, no, that couldn't have been me. I've been at school for a minute now. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I would have been freaked out. Freaked out. Freaked out. So, 
fast forward like a week out or so after that incident. We are now on October 2nd, 2015. This particular day, Samara had gone home from school early. She had a pounding headache and she just decided to cut her day short, go home and get some rest. So she gets home, climbs into bed to take a nap. And not even a few minutes later, she hears a knock at the front door. You know, she's like, that's weird because technically she was supposed to be in school during these hours. So she's like, who would know that I'm home? Like, there should be no one here. Right. So she goes to the front door, opens, and no one is there. (sighs) Okay, look, I don't have... I don't have time for this. Especially being that I was already feeling kind of bad that day. Like, don't play with me. I don't, I don't have the time. Okay. Mm -mm. So just as she's about to close her front door and she's standing there confused, like what is going on? She hears some sort of a clatter noise behind her in the kitchen area. (laughs) She turns around and comes face to face with a man. Stop. In her kitchen. In her kitchen. In her kitchen, she comes face to face with a man, like a complete stranger. She's like, she does not know who this is. As you can imagine, shocked, confused, surprised, scared, whatever you want to call it. She is like, who are you? Like, what are you like? Who are you? Why are you in my kitchen? And he asks her, you don't know who I am? What? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, okay. What? Are you speechless? <laughs> I'm, what? What are you talking about? You don't, you don't know who I am? What? As soon as he says this, he turns around and just walks out of the house. Saley, stop. And for whatever reason, Samara is like, nah, I got to get to the bottom of this. So so she follows him outside. Okay. She follows him outside to figure out who the heck is this man and why was he in her house? (sighs) Okay. Okay. Let's take a second. Yes. Um, Take a quick breather. What would I do in that situation? Well, I would reach over and grab my cellular device mm-hmm. and proceed to dial 911. Um, there's a random man in my home who is act who was questioning me. Yes. You know, he could have came up in here, you know, killed me. You know, we don't know what's going on. Random person. And then he just casually walks out of out of my home that he just entered. I don't think that I would have been able to do what she did with the initial questioning as soon as she saw him in the kitchen. The way that my blood would have ran cold and I would have turned around and ran in the opposite direction. Ran. I'm talking zoomed. Booked. Like, out. I Literally, all you would see was a blur. Like... So I will say she was pretty brave for even, like, asking him, but even braver for following him outside. Like, 
if, okay. At that point, she obviously didn't get her questions answered. You know, when he turned around and walked out of the kitchen, you know, it is what it is. I'm just going to have to live with the fact that I didn't get my questions answered. I'm not following him. Like, I don't, I don't know who this man is. Oh, my God. I, 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 I don't have anything to say. Mm-mm. Nope. So she follows him outside again to figure out who he was why was he in the house and he walks to a car that was like at the end of the driveway it wasn't her car it wasn't lisa's car it was just a random car who she assumed belonged to him he goes to pop his trunk and as he's like digging in his trunk for something samara is standing behind him interrogating him like she's still asking all these questions And all of a sudden, out of the blue, he whips around and hits her with a weapon that knocks her to the ground. Okay. Um, I, where, where, what, what is going on? (laughs) (sighs) Mm. I'm, I'm kind of speechless i'm at a loss for words there's nothing to say let me keep going okay let me just keep going (laughs) no words no words he like i said grabbed the weapon from his trunk whipped around knocked her to the ground gets on top of her and starts banging her head into the ground Saley, full on attacking her and strangling her this is happening in, in in broad daylight. Broad daylight. So, thank God, a neighbor across the street hears all the yelling and screaming, and he comes out running to help, and he calls 911. Like, it, it's like a movie. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, like, nothing makes sense. Like, Jason comes into your home and acts weird and then walks out and then starts trying to kill you yeah that's exactly right and then there's just no one in existence and then that one neighbor comes out of nowhere at the last second and i i don't understand this it's i'm i'm feeling stressed i'm about to break out in hives Honestly, that neighbor was definitely her guardian angel that day because he was able to call 911, the paramedics came, the police came, and they were able to, I mean, as soon as the neighbor came, like this, this unidentified man, like took off running, Right. Um, but they were able to save her. Like they were able to get to Samara in time. What in the world? So... Samara gives a description to police, you know, about like who this man was. And at this point, Lisa had heard the news. She rushed home to see what was going on, to check on Samara. And as she's listening to the description that Samara is giving, that's when Lisa realizes it's Vince. Get, get out of here. Her freaking ex-husband just attacked her girlfriend. (sighs) 
I do not like that. I don't like it at all. I'm not saying anything for the rest of the, I'm not I'm not talking. <laughs> no, keep talking, keep talking. <laughs> like that just really upset me. He was arrested and he went to court a week later. Of course, Samara gave her testimony and he denied every single word of it. Dang. And this was before ring cameras. Exactly. This was like 2015. So I, yeah, I don't really think they were a thing back then. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, like you literally said, ring cameras. Um, according to Samara, like he was wearing gloves. So there was not a speck of proof in the house that he was there. Great. Of course, we have like the testimony from Samara, the eyewitness report from the neighbor. But ultimately, I mean, and again, like this, like I'll, I'll, you know, provide pictures on our Instagram and Reddit. Vincent was a very average looking man. So, you know, it was kind of argued by the defense that like the way they're describing Vincent, it could have been anybody else since there was no physical evidence to tie him to the scene. Wow. So on top of the fact that Vince did not have any other previous charges in Florida, like he didn't, he didn't have a record. He was only sentenced to 36 months of probation. Wow. Yep. No jail time, no nothing. For what I would consider attempted murder. Literally, I I am, I'm banging your head against the, the street. Like he was literally trying to kill. He he would have killed her if the neighbor didn't run out. Exactly. Exactly. Oh my god! I'm not okay. Okay, continue. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now though. People say all the time because remember this is in Florida. People say all the time, and I hear this all the time among like just true crime and just in general. They say, if you want to commit a crime and get away with it, do it in Florida. Because <laughs> literally attempted murder, and he was only sentenced to two things. 36 months probation, and he had to pay a little over 6000 for Samara's medical bills. Wow! Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, I hate this. I'm... <laughs> So when I get, you know what, when, look, y'all want to commit crimes, go to Florida. I, the same way that you are such a strong advocate for teachers, I'm a strong advocate for the system is jacked. I mean, there's no reason. There's no reason that he, uh, so Samara traumatized a couple days after this court session, she um, signs and order of restriction you know so he's not able to come anywhere near her Ooh, that's really gonna help exactly because we totally see this all the time making such a big difference in people such a big difference you know what okay he part of this order of restriction and i guess part of his probation um, Vince did own several guns and he was ordered to surrender his guns. Okay, um, and 
But interestingly enough, Samara's father, David, he was livid about the whole situation. You know, like he almost lost his little girl. Yes. And, you know, seeing the punishment that Vince Scott was literally nothing. And when Vince was ordered to surrender his guns, Samara's father had actually asked the court system, does the police actually go into his house and make sure that he does not have any guns? And the answer is no. They just basically put it on the offender, in this case, Vince, to do the right thing and actually surrender all of his guns. So, literally nothing. Literally nothing. Cricket, cricket, cricket. (laughs) Exactly. (sighs) So, poor Lisa. She felt like this was all her fault. She felt extremely guilty that she put Samara, you know, in the path of danger. So, she, that very day, she went home and she started to pack up her stuff and... She was like, I I cannot stay here. Like, me around is putting you in danger. I have to leave. But Samara talked it through with her. And she was like, no, like, I cannot do this by myself. We have to stay together and we will get through this together. Who wants that perfect love story anyway? (laughs) Sorry, y'all. That's that's, um, on the run. Beyonce, (laughs) Jay-Z. I just thought it fit because <laughs> that is dedication right there. Okay. Um, I, I, that's so, Oh, I love that. You know, even with that horrible situation that happened with that crazy lunatic mm-hmm. who literally tried to kill her, she is still like, you know what? Both of them are just, you know what? We are going to stick together and we're not going to let this person tear us apart. Yes. That's why I'm like, that is strength because it would be very easy. It, it would, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, girl. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I was going to say it would be very easy for Samara to simply, you know, blame Lisa exactly. for what happened. Oh, I guess the case was choking me up. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> okay, we are so goofy tonight. I don't girl, I don't know what's going on. I guess I'm just tired. We're tired, but just you know tired. what? Th- this case is you know what? On a, okay, on a serious note, mm-hmm. these situations happen all the time. They do. Okay. They do. Like it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what's going on. These situations happen all the time and they actually do end up in people dying um I think it's so unfortunate and I think it's really just it just goes back to our justice system you know not taking these situations serious okay probation okay you know oh you can't you can't be too close to her okay all right no no all of these situations do nothing in my opinion to help the victim um and I personally think that no one should feel like their life is in danger when it comes to like I just I just think that they are great for sticking together I don't know how I would have been in that situation 
Um, but I don't know. Oh. It's just nice to have, you know, to know that people are still hopeful, even in those crazy scenarios. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. No, I, I agree with that completely. Um, like I said, it, I would understand if Samara in this situation would, you know, blame Lisa for being like, this is your fault. You brought him into our lives. Um, and I understand Lisa's point of view as well, where she was like, it is my fault. I got to go. I got to leave you. So it was just really nice that ultimately they talked it through and they're like, you know what, if we, you know, let him win, that would be splitting us apart. Like, we're going to get through this together. So part of this new journey that they're on, they decided to hire a personal security expert. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his name was Dwayne Denny. He was ultimately not like a not like a bodyguard per se, but he was just a go-to person for like security issues. Um, he helped enroll them in like self-defense classes. Ooh, that kind of thing. Um, Mr. Dwayne, he says the first time he met Samara was in her house. And he said that at the time, she was actually still recovering from her injuries mm. from the attack on Vince. And, you know, like, in Dwayne's words, it was it was pretty rough mm-hmm. seeing her that condition, you know. And it just kind of fueled him even more to do whatever he needed to do to help her. Mm-hmm. So Samara wanted... <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> Samara wanted as much security for the house as she could afford. So she got a top of the line security system the whole nine. Period. Mm-hmm. She attended self defense classes, as I mentioned. Um, Dwayne says that one day Samara had actually sent him a text at one point saying she felt so empowered. Because she felt that she had the physical ability now in case anything were to happen again. This is great, but it it makes me so sad, you know, Mm -hmm. when people have to go to these extremes um, just for protection for their own selves. Uh, Because they're so afraid of the what if. mm -hmm. Um, I I just can't imagine living in that constant fear you know, looking over your shoulder. That's just draining. Draining. <clears throat> I don't like that. I mean, I like the fact that she feels empowered. Um, mm-hmm. But I just hate that her driving factor was because she literally got attacked and she was scared of it happening again. Right. <sighs> mm-hmm. So, you know, both Lisa and Samara, the only thing they wanted was to get Vince out of their lives completely. But unfortunately, the divorce was still hanging and it was still dragging on. Okay, let me say this. Okay. Okay, go ahead. I am not anti-men, okay? I know that's how I've been coming off. Um, but in the if the situation, if the roles were reversed, I would feel the same. If it was Samara who had attacked him, mm-hmm. I would I would feel the same. It's no one should be putting their hands on people because they cannot handle their emotions. Yes. That's where this is yes. all coming from. He's mad, angry for 
the millions of reasons and he took it upon himself to physically attack her if he if she physically attacked him i would say the exact same thing she needs to be you know locked away she needs to you know be in therapy she needs some type of counseling i would say the same things i think that it is ridiculous that she was putting herself through all these things to protect herself because Mm -hmm. she was afraid that he would lose his mind again or something or just be having a bad day and direct all his anger towards someone else to her exactly no i i know exactly what you mean and i completely agree with the whole thing of it being the other way around like it's if it was like you said if the roles were reversed we would be treating it the exact same way the moral of the story is do not take out your anger and frustration on other people there are other ways to do that period he obviously took it all the way to the extent where he literally attacked her almost killed her <laughs> like it was to the extreme so the divorce dragging on was a huge issue you know for Samara and Lisa because they felt like they couldn't fully move on with their lives right what was going on uh Vince's behavior became more erratic he would sometimes not show up to court hearings altogether which mm. is part of the reason the divorce dragged on Oh my god. It's like oh, I hate that cuz like I feel like part of him he knew to an extent that he had the power in a way, you know, dragging this on as long as possible. It just goes back to what I said earlier, just being very childish and immature about the whole thing. And I'm like of course I know nothing about divorce, um but <clears throat> I mean, when did that you know, it, with repeatedly not showing up, wouldn't it, the judge, it, it would just be like, okay, everything is going to go to you. He doesn't want to come to court. Like, everything is going to fall into your favor. Or something. Or right. it just literally drags on until both parties come to some type of agreement. And that's just why divorce takes forever sometimes. I think that, I think it might be the latter. I, again, I... I'm no expert here. Um, I've never been a divorce attorney or anything. We're we're not divorced. We are not divorced attorneys. We're not divorce attorneys. I've never been divorced. I don't know. But I I think that truly is, like you said, why divorces can be so long sometimes. I, I don't think it's simply like if a certain amount of time passes and the second party doesn't want to, you know, do what they got to do you need to you need to have some sort of agreement before between two parties before anything can actually happen mm. so that's probably the big issue um so you know that that was hanging above their heads like i said they were they were ready to move on but it was it was moving but very slowly right so this particular instance was very scary for Lisa and Samara so one day they were out driving they were just you know out kind of running errands and they're at a stoplight and all of a sudden a car pulls up next to them they look over and it's Vince oh my god oh my god he's like Chucky yes yes not only that but that's when they realized that the car he was driving was identical to Lisa's (gasps) 
Do you mm. remember that story I said earlier? This man is like, wow. He literally went out and got a car identical to Lisa's so he could park in their driveway throughout the day and no one would think twice about it. He was stalking them. First off, I wish that he would put that amount of dedication energy time money into going back to school finding a job shopping for some um interview attire um this grown man you know what i'm gonna go on a rant this grown man (laughs) went and got an identical vehicle because oh wow wow people scary you know what okay to lighten the mood um I bet you he's a Scorpio or a Capricorn. And I'm not coming from my Capricorn. No, because um I'm gonna say don't you girl, don't you come from me. You know no, I'm a Capricorn. No, not he he's a he's either a December Capricorn, a Scorpio, or a July Leo. And that's all I'm gonna say. Okay, so I I just scroll back up to look at the stats <laughs> that I had for him. Um, he is a Scorpio. <laughs> what did I say? This man, <laughs> that is Scorpio energy all the way. This man is crazy. Okay, I'm sorry. Crazy. So, oh my gosh. I just, I, whenever I like research these cases, I always try to like put myself in the shoes of the people, you know, who have things happen to them just to like empathize with them. I cannot imagine the fear that went through Elisa and Samara when they realized the whole car situation. Like I said, going back to that day that Samara showed up at school, saw Lisa there. She's like, hey, what are you doing here? I just saw you on the driveway. That was freaking Vince. Wow. That is so scary. And he's just lingering and waiting around. That is so scary. That is so scary. Y'all, if you see... Um, if you see a vehicle in your driveway that matches, um, <laughs> I'm, I just, I cannot believe that this man did that. Yeah. He was he unhinged. He was unhinged at this point. That's all I can say. <sighs> so as you can imagine, poor Lisa and Samara, they started to become a little paranoid um actually you know what let me not say paranoid they just started becoming hypersensitive of their Mm -hmm. surroundings Mm -hmm. so it was to the point where when samara because samara usually would get home before lisa from school for some reason most of the time and it was to the point that when samara would drive home she would always pull over like a couple streets away from the house and she would use her phone to check the cameras in the house to make sure everything was clear before she would actually go home. That is so crazy. That's so sad. So sad. Yeah, like she was literally checking inside, outside cameras to make sure like the coast is clear. She was legitimately scared to go to her own house. <sighs> no comment. Like that's just... Mm-hmm. can't even imagine yeah so about a few days later um one so part of the security system that samara had which i feel like most security systems have this nowadays like i know ours has it 
when a door is opened, it makes like a little chime noise. Mm-hmm. So this one particular day, she had gotten home um, with some groceries. You know, she got home, closed the door. She was in the kitchen unpacking and she hears the chime. She panics. She grabs her phone, runs upstairs and calls Dwayne, which is the personal security guy they hired. Mm. She was like, Dwayne, I think somebody's in the house. Um, Mm. She, you know, like she's just panicked. He gets to the house, not even 10 minutes later. Like he flew there because he knew what she's been dealing with. Right. So once he gets to the house, he sees that the front door is open. Um, and he, you know, he has a gun. He checks out the first floor of the house. He checks out the first, the second floor, calls for Samara. She comes out from a bathroom she was hiding in. And at this point, he was like, did you check the camera footage? He's like, I didn't see anything. The coast is clear. They checked the camera footage. It turns out it was her dog that had nudged the door open. Look, y'all with these dogs. Uh, I was going to say I can relate because my dog stays opening doors. Oh, my gosh. Not her panicking over the dog. Okay. Well. So that's why I'm like, thank God it wasn't anything serious. But this just goes to show truly how constantly scared she was. Like something like just hearing a chime. She full-on panicked, hid, and called her security guy, you know? Oh, my gosh. It's so horrible. <sighs> so she was feeling really helpless at this point, and she was just over it. So right then and there, she asked Dwayne, can you help me buy a gun? Mm. Yeah. She's like, I'm over it. Like, I, I need to feel safe. <sighs> so Dwayne helps her. He even starts taking her to shooting ranges um, you know, Dwayne said that over the next six months, she continued going to the ranges and she would periodically send him photos of the targets. And she was doing pretty good, actually. Ooh, OK. <clears throat> so. We love a, a G.I. Joe. Yeah. What is it? G.I. Jane? Is it Jane? Girl, not Jane, girl. G- not me saying G.I. Joe, G.I. Jane. I'm sorry. Is it? Is that the right one? I don't even know. Is it the right one or is it, um, what is the, uh, okay. I'm, keep, keep going. Keep going. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm taking us into February 15th, 2017. So okay. at this at this point, the divorce, the pending divorce between Lisa and Vince had hit a wall because Vince had refused yet again to produce any paperwork. Oh, my God. Okay. <clears throat> he had been in court quite a few times. And ultimately, the judge said that if he does this again, he will be held in contempt of court, which could result in possible jail time. Okay, about time. Right, I was like, I'm happy with Jeez. this because, I, I mean, honestly, at this point, you know, his him dragging his feet is wasting like resources from the court. Like they're probably like, okay, like get it together or you're gonna get locked up. Right. So at this point, the judge was like, "We're setting a final date, and this is when the divorce will be finalized once and for all." Period. If you try to do this again, 
you know, it's going to have bad results for you. And the date that they officially set to finalize the divorce was February 24th, 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in the early morning hours of February 24th, this was security footage at Samara's house that was later collected as evidence. The security footage shows Vince arriving at Samara's house around 6 a.m. that morning. Oh, my God. (sighs) Breathe. Okay. It shows him parking his car on the street and waiting in his car with the lights off for about 30 minutes. (sighs) Around this time, Samara is seen coming outside to let the dog out real quick. <clears throat> where where he was parked, there were no streetlights, so she most likely wouldn't have been able to see him out there. Mm, okay. Yeah, so she just goes, lets the dog out, comes back inside. He then, after Samara gets back into the house, he then quickly and quietly moves his car to their driveway, parks, and begins to carry out his plan. So, I'm going to fast forward a little bit here. So, fast forward a few hours later. The time arrives at the courthouse for them to finalize the divorce. Lisa's attorney is at the courthouse, but Lisa doesn't show up. Her attorney is concerned because she knows Lisa has been anxious to get this wrapped up. And it is very unlike her to not show up. In addition... Vince, who was representing himself in court, also was not there. Mm. <clears throat> so at this point, the attorney come becomes a little anxious and she sends in for a welfare check. Right. Okay, so before I get into it, how, how are you doing? Girl, I, I, I think this is like so... Um, <laughs> it is so ridiculous mm-hmm. what this man was doing um i think that i just i whatever happened whatever happened what we're all about to find out um i hate that it happened mm-hmm. um I, it could have been totally prevented if um again something was done about his actions way back when. Yes. Um, That's just where it all comes from. Uh, And I think that him being in that mindset is super scary. And then it just goes into these kinds of situations happen all the time that we don't know about. Yes. So I... So picking up kind of where I left off earlier, where I said Vince was, you know, shown on the camera footage in the early morning hours around 6 a.m., you know, parked his car on the streets, waited with his lights off. Okay, moving on. So, yes, as I mentioned, he was seen pulling his car into the driveway, parking it, and then carrying out his plan. So this was seen in the camera footage 
taken from Samara's house later. Vince is seen exiting his car and he is dressed in like SWAT gear. Oh my God. What is this? He had on a helmet, a bulletproof (laughs) vest. Girl, a bulletproof vest and a helmet. He was, I don't know what the hell he was ready for, but he was ready. I'm laughing because I'm like, this man is so crazy. This is next level. What are you doing? So crazy. So, as I mentioned, like, later that day, the attorney sends in for a welfare check. So, around 2 p.m. that afternoon of February 24th, deputies arrived at Samara's house. They go around back, and they walked into a chaotic scene. Oh, my God. There were shell casings on the floor, several bullet holes throughout the living room, furniture overturns. They then see a bloody trail. They follow it and they find the body of Vince. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Plot twist, right? Plot twist. He had several wounds to his body. He had a bullet that was lodged in his vest, the bulletproof vest. And. <clears throat> Oh my gosh, excuse me. Okay, I'm good. And he had a note stapled to his vest that read, quote, I want the cheapest cremation possible and the ashes tossed in the trash. I wanted to do this for a while, but I held off while I was on bail so mom and dad would not feel bad for it for bailing me out. Children, stay in school and jobs. You'll do fine. Saley. I'm not, I don't have any response for that. So you can just keep going. Okay. <laughs> so investigators then see through Samara's camera footage that he came in through the back door. And as he was coming in, Samara actually saw him and immediately grabbed the gun that she just got not that long ago, sprung into action, fired and hit him directly in the chest. so that was that was like one of the bullets that they found lodged in his vest um unfortunately as the deputies continued on into the further like the next rooms in the house that's where they found the bodies of lisa and samara get out of here are you serious i am they were found in the next room um deceased they unfortunately were dead and they were they were found laying next to each other like they were holding each other. Are you serious? I really wish I was lying. Like, <clears throat> but, but how how did that happen? If, if she killed him... Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Did he kill him? He killed himself. Yes. Yes, so I was going to say they... You know, they ended up investigating uh, Vince's car. I mean, he he had a whole plan. He In his car, he had stun guns, rope, handcuffs, zip ties. Like, he was ready. So, 
<clears throat> even though Samara and Lisa did attack him, they fought back, they shot him, he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Right. You know, he ultimately did end his own life, um, trigger warning, with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. <clears throat> but unfortunately, before he did that, he would take the lives of Lisa and Samara. That is, that is so, and they were, they were together, like they were holding each other. Yeah, they were on the ground holding each other. They were found kind of like in a spooning position. That is like, it's just heartbreaking. Man, all of this coming from a failed marriage yeah that's exactly what it is like literally and so i just oh my gosh i so the security guy that samara had hired Dwayne, um what when he first heard that they were killed he literally like in, in an interview he said that he contemplated um ending his career at that point because he felt like he failed them he felt like he was kind of to blame for their deaths that he did something wrong that the training failed um when he did later find out that samara was able to get two shots center mass if vincent had not been wearing that bulletproof vest those two shots would have been fatal wow yeah, so Dwayne, the security guy, like, that did make him feel a little bit better. He was like, okay, like, Samara knew what she was doing. It was just very, very unfortunate in the sense that Vince came prepared. And that's all it was. He was prepared, and they were blindsided. Wow. That is... <clears throat> that's just beyond horrible and sad. You are so angry and just can't accept that your marriage didn't work out and everything that happened after that that's just what it is and Mm -hmm. instead of just accepting it and moving on and being like you know what you do you I'm gonna do me like that's it you gain so much hatred towards this other person and then end up killing the like mm. I, I I remember the first time um I heard about this story. I think I had I think I had seen a seen a TV show on it actually. And when I initially found out that Vince was like the first one dead, I was like, oh my God, thank God. Like, Lisa and Samara survived. Like, he's the only wounded one in this. But hearing that Lisa and Samara became victims too, that was just so heartbreaking. I was like, that's so unfair. Like, Lisa lived a fairly unhappy life already with him. From, you know, the mom's reports. And she moved on to find her soulmate and find, you know, love and happiness only for it to be just completely taken away just because of this bitter man. It's just so heartbreaking. <sighs> I 
such a horrible situation and I think that all it would have taken was just people whose job it was to control the situation if they just would have taken it more serious I don't think that this would have happened yes like I I think that's that makes up the majority of it so I I think it's beyond sad Mm -hmm. um I think people really need to learn how to handle their emotions and (laughs) I just cannot believe this man like he set up I mean premeditated like I'm about to go up I'm I'm going to go and buy me a bulletproof vest yes like I that that's one of, that's going to be one of the um, pictures uploaded on the Instagram and Reddit thread is actually one of the stills captured of him like walking up to the house in this full getup. It's pretty scary. Like it's it's just I mean it. I just cannot imagine the fear that Samara and Lisa felt seeing this man show up around the back of their house dressed like that. Like you know that that's it. Like he he came for business. I just, it's just so tragic to me. Like, he knew he came there with a plan and he was not going to leave until it was done. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I am sorry for throwing such a sad case at you today. <sighs> I mean, you know, it's okay. What, what should we take away from it? I think a huge takeaway um for one is let's see i would honestly say definitely prioritize your safety Mm. i think they were doing a really good job with the self-defense classes you know even eventually getting a gun um i i don't think it would have been the worst idea though for them to like move away I agree. Especially after that initial attack that he did on Samara in her own driveway where he almost killed her. I, you know, and I get it. Like they had their jobs in the school. They had their families there. And I think at one point they had thought about moving away, but they saw it as if we move, that means that he won, you know, he drove us away. But again, it goes back to what I said. I think, you just need to prioritize your safety. Exactly. I would say that's a big takeaway in the in the sense of like for the victims. Um, and I think they did everything right. I really do. I. It's just one of those things where Vincent was very, very determined. I feel like nothing was going to stop him. Um, yeah. And I honestly feel like another takeaway would be just in the sense of the perpetrator, like Vince in this case, um just get mental help period get mental help I feel like people don't talk about it enough I feel like it's still like cliche but he was seriously disturbed even before she left him as I said Lisa's mother Cynthia would always say like he was a very depressed man like he Mm. always had something kind of off with him Mm. Well, so, I completely agree. Girl, same boat. I I am pro 
therapy okay like Mm -hmm. pro counseling um I think that that should have been introduced to him a while ago yes absolutely um what I'm gonna take away from this is basically everything that you said um as well as just you really have to um I'm going to just, I'm going to just, you know, stay in the marriage lane right quick. I think that you should know your partner. Um, I think that you should relate to your partner. Um, I think that you should be on the same page as your partner. I mean, marriage is a huge commitment. It's a serious commitment. I mean, everybody has their own idea of what marriage is and all that. But at the end of the day, you both are legally bonded to each other. Um, and that just comes with the overall, we're in this. Like, it's me and you. So I think that way back, man, like, if she was just like, hey, you know, my husband, you know, my family sees it. You know, I'm pretty sure people on the outside see it. My husband is depressed. He's not, he's extremely unmotivated. Um, He's just not a happy person. I mean, our marriage is trash. Um, I can, I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is it wasn't like that from the beginning. Yeah. Could, he could have, she could have not met him at his lowest point like that. I think it was like a gradual decline. And I just say all that to say, if there was some type of, uh, we don't know, we don't know, but I just encourage people to understand who they're married to. Yes. Um, And things don't just happen overnight. I'm very, very sure that his behavior and all that odd, you know, you know, question mark kind of eyebrow raise, like, oh, you know, all of that, his, her family being able to identify, you know, that he was depressed and all that stuff, and they're not even in their relationship. That's extreme when people aren't even in your relationship and they can sense, you know, what's, yeah. I think that... Mm -hmm you just need to know who you're married to. Okay. And you need to identify problems right when you see them. Um, because he had that hatred did not form in that short period of time. No, absolutely not. And I feel like honestly, um, just kind of tying into what you said, even unfortunately with this specific situation where it was, just kind of, you know, kept going on and on until eventually it got into a really ugly divorce. I still feel like there could have been times for things to be fixed. Like when he attacked Samara and all he got was just probation, you know, um, when he was ordered to turn in his guns and most likely he didn't turn them all in, if any, you know, like I feel like there were, it's just one of those things where this, this could have been avoided. This could have definitely been avoided. And unfortunately, um, you know, two very good lives were lost, Lisa and Samara, in this case. But um, 
I mean, it just goes back to what we say all the time. Can't trust anyone. You can't. And I completely agree. Super sad situation. Very. (sighs) All right. Well, I am going to get us tied up here. And I just want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening this week. We will see you next week. And as I just mentioned, I will say again, your daily reminder that you cannot trust anyone. Bye. Bye.